Welcome to Marriage Talk. In today's Marriage Talk, Pastor Preja converses with Barry and Paula from Australia. Barry and Paula have been married for nearly five decades. They have both worked on creating tools and workshops for married couples and have ministered to couples all over the world. Hope this will be a blessing to you. Welcome to Marriage Talk Podcast. Today we have a special guest, two of them, a couple all the way from Australia. We are so excited to learn from them. We are so excited to hear their experiences, hear their perspectives and grow from their knowledge and what they have learned from the Lord, what they have learned in their relationship with each other. Please help me welcome Barry and Paula all the way from Australia. Thank you, Barry and Paula. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. Uh, will you just take a moment to greet our listeners and uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves, how long you've been married and what you do and how you've grown uh, over the last few decades uh, that you've been married. Uh, we'd love to get to know a little bit about you before we go into our conversation for today. I thought we only had about 30 to 40 minutes. We'll need a, a week for that. <laughs> but you can start us off. <laughs> oh, we've been married for 47 years now. And wow. so that's quite a long time. What have we been doing throughout our life? Paula has been a, a lecturer in counselling at various uh, institutions and most of my life I've been an accountant but during that time we've also uh, done a lot of um, marriage workshops and been facilitators of workshops Uh, we've done that in various countries Uh, we've been to India we've actually been in a workshop with you Bridgie and we've we've been to Kenya and Uganda and Sri Lanka and with COVID, we're not able to travel, and so we've been doing quite a number of um, marriage retreats and workshops here in Australia. And we've been doing one on Zoom in Sri Lanka, which we're sort of trialling out, and it's uh, quite exciting the way it's working. So we're enjoying that. As for growth in our marriage in the last few decades, whew, Actually doing this ministry, this marriage ministry, has been um, the best thing for us because we're, we have to be intentional about our relationship and God always gives us something to work on to present. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's been, that's been a catalyst for so many things and so has the ministry that we've done in developing countries because we've worked with um, post-trauma like war trauma in both Sri Lanka and northern Uganda. And so that's really stretched us enormously and our relationship enormously. Mm. I would say that uh, I have grown more in the last decade than I had in the previous ones. Mm. What would you put that down to? I I think I, I was ready for it. For a long time, uh, the Lord and I, it was sort of like a, a difficult struggle for me to submit to his um, uh, leading and where he wanted me to go. But in more recent time, 
I have really enjoyed my relationship with him and with you. Mm. Uh, and I, I've been a lot softer of heart mm. and mind mm. and been able to receive things a lot quicker than what I've done in the past. And so I would say that a growth in our relationship, but per, personal growth as well, for me has been uh, exponential in the latter decades mm. than the previous ones. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Wow, wow. What a testimony of uh, God's faithfulness in our lives. And I'm so excited to know a little more. Was it easy always to remain one? Uh, you've been married for 47 years. Uh, and the purpose of marriage is not just to be in a place where we don't hurt each other or we are not upset with each other, but it is to be one. That's what the Bible says. So uh, was it always easy? Uh, did it always come naturally to the both of you to uh, be as loving and as gentle and as kind as you are to each other today? Was it always natural or what did you have to do to work towards uh, where you are today to achieve that kind of oneness in your marriage? We might answer that in the way that we actually do marriage workshops and we we do that by having a conversation with each other. So is that okay if we do that? That's absolutely fine. The answer to Bridgie's question <laughs> is no, we haven't always been one. And the reason that we actually got into this marriage ministry was because we were pretty desperate and we needed to. Um, we had planted a church um, in our area and and after a while it had failed and so we you and I'll ask you what was that like for you in terms of our relationship oh the failure of that church was massive for me I think for a couple of decades I was in a low-grade depression mm. I felt like a failure and my propensity is to blame others when I feel pain. I have noticed that. <laughs> so uh, guess who got blamed? Me. <laughs> oh, bingo, you got it. So uh, I just carried this re resentment uh, inside and was really struggling with uh, what, what is my purpose in life? What, what's it all about? I gave my life to God and this is what's happened. And so I, I was in a difficult place at that time. And so were we one then? I don't think so. And from those moments and the desperation of going to a marriage uh, weekend like we conduct um, and learning a little bit more about how to explore what's going on in our relationship, slowly but surely, I believe we were led into a greater understanding of each other's differences and mm. how they they actually add value instead of detract from each mm. other. But has it been easy? No. No, and I remember some time after that particular event uh, of the church breakdown and my personal breakdown before that with postnatal depression. Mm. I remember coming into the garage and saying to you, that's it, I'm done. We'll stay together for the sake of the children, but, but our marriage is over. Mm, mm. And that was probably our lowest point. Most definitely. I don't know what I thought would happen by continually being at odds with you, 
I don't know whether I ever thought where that would end up. Mm. But when you confronted me with the, the reality is this is going to end, I, I all of a sudden became desperate because I recognised that I was going to lose something. Mm. And, and I then turned to God and said, well, God, I, I, I don't think I love Paula and, and I I'm not sure I know how to love. You're going to have to show me. And I remember you coming to me and saying that. And I remember you saying, I'm, I'm, I want to love you. I'm not quite sure how, but I'm going to try with God's help. Mm. And, uh, and I was quite cynical at that point and not very nice in reaction. But I actually mm. saw your willingness and you, you began to change. And I was drawn to that change and the hardness that I had inside began to soften. Yeah, to, uh, I mean, that didn't happen overnight. That, no, it I, didn't. I wouldn't want to leave that impression. It was that, many years. It was many years. And the wonderful thing is that because of our experience in the, going to a, a marriage relationship workshop, our friends asked us to do it. Uh, for them because they saw a difference in our relationship. Mm. And so we began to work in the area of marriage and relationship. And I believe that was God's gift to us. Really? Mm. I, I agree. You know, when I look back, I, I had dreams and I had uh, visions of what my life would be like. Which was? <laughs> well, it was a pulpit ministry and this amazing... Being a pastor. Amazing mm. pastor and all of those things. But now from this, from this perspective, I recognise that God had other plans and his plans were better. And the fruit from this ministry has been quite profound for us, hasn't it? Yeah. I sat down in my 50s and I was thinking, where is, what's my life been worth? Where, where has it had impact? And what is, where has it made a difference? And I, I looked over the various activities that we were doing at that time and I recognised it was in the lives of couples. Mm. And, and I think up until that point I'd always seen it as something that was more of you than of me uh, doing the facilitations and that. And I, I saw then what God had done. It was almost like this was the dream I had and I had a focus on it, but God was doing his work over mm. here just off to the side and all of a sudden I got on board. Mm. And, and I, yet, you know, when I say the last couple of decades, that would have been the precursor to it because I saw what God was doing through us, but I, more importantly, I saw what God was doing in us mm. and, and for the two of us mm. in relationship. Mm. And I got on board and I think that's why I'm saying it was an exponential shift. And I loved it when you got on board. <laughs> it made such a difference. Yeah. Does that answer your wow. question, Pretty? <laughs> very much, very much, very much. Thank you for the conversation that you had with each other and for allowing us to watch that, for allowing us to uh, listen in uh, to the conversation that you had with each other because it kind of sets an example for how we can communicate with our spouses and how we can... Uh, express without having to attack each other, without having to be hurtful towards each other. I'd love to know, like, you know, you've been married for 47 years now. Uh, did you ever reach a place or 
did you ever reach a point where your uh, conversation with each other you, you became familiar in your conversation with each other and you started to uh, take for granted okay he understands or he knows why i'm why i'm upset or or she understands why i am saying what i'm saying uh, and just take it for granted that i can just be harsh or and if you did reach that point how did you overcome that and how did you help each other to process that and express to each other better you know i've been married only for 8 years and many of our listeners they are married for you know way lesser and sometimes we reach that point of uh, taking our spouse for granted and then that shows off in the conversations that shows off in the way that we express uh, to each other usually frustrated we let that emotions just show off uh, so how do we overcome that point of familiarity where don't take the other person for granted and yet be able to express what we are going through the way that you just did to each other that's a that's a really good question because um many listeners will know john gottman who is a a relationship researcher and he says that 69% mm-hmm. of issues in the relationship cannot be resolved because we come virtually wow. from different family cultures we and we'll mm-hmm. never make a decision the same way because we're so different so it's the way we deal right. with that that's that's the mm-hmm. crucial thing mm-hmm. and we have struggled mm-hmm. over the years with our differences I think not only that I we we came into the relationship um trying we avoided conflict. We did. You came in avoiding it because you came from a a harsh background and I came in because that was the model that I'd received. And so for us uh conflict was Uh, not we so didn't mu- do it not we didn't so have it. so much explosive mm. but it was more withdrawing and uh, a and sum. withholding mm-hmm. i could mm. i could punish you by withholding what yep. i knew that you wanted which is really nasty yep um, mm. yeah, and so i can remember that what we resolved after one of the weekends we attended uh, was that even if we felt slightly irritated mm. uh, we would put our hand up and say we we own it we just say that was irritating and so mm. you know what what uh, pridgy said about assumption is so important i am the best assumer that you could meet and i think that mm-hmm. i used assumption to protect myself because if i could assume oh you're just doing what you normally do or whatever it was I didn't have to deal with it. I didn't have to confront it. Mm. And so yeah. by putting up my hand and saying, "Oh, I just feel a bit irritated there. Can we talk about that?" It got me into a practice of moving toward you when mm. it was conflictual, then away from you. Assumptions helped me to move away mm. and to mm. not deal with it. That's true. And I to me the biggest change in our relationship came when we offered each other forgiveness it started when we were in northern uganda and i saw these people that were so damaged both physically and and emotionally and so traumatized and i just threw out an offhand comment you know how do you get up in the morning and then i said how do you forgive mm-hmm. and uh one lady just rose to her feet and said how can we not 
because they wouldn't be able to keep going. And we were in Mm. South Africa having a bit of a break and driving along the road and it must have been playing on my mind and I said to you, I... I realise I haven't forgiven you for some of the deep hurt in our relationship when it was the most difficult time in my life and you weren't there for me. And I want to do that, but I don't want it to be shallow. Mm. So I'm going to take it to God and I'm going to wrestle with it, but I am going to forgive. And and you said? <laughs> yeah, it just surprised me because it was almost as if it was an arrow into my internal parts and I immediately knew that I hadn't forgiven you and I owned that. I just said, and Paul, I haven't forgiven you either mm. and I don't know how to do that. So I too am going to have to go to God mm. and say, you've got to help me with this. And you, you, that probably was what, in 2005? Yeah, something Somewhere like around that, that. Yeah. Wow. So Again, I think... That forgiving of you was a, a great impetus to my uh, a growing and changing mm. in the last couple of decades. And, you know, I held on to my anger um, because I, I, I thought that our differences, your difference, was something that you used to hurt me with, yeah, that you did yeah. to me, uh, rather than being different. Like, likewise, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Yep, it would just highlight my deficiencies, and uh, and it's been delightful for me to just explore those differences and see how they a- actually add to me. They they give me the ability to expand or to see things uh, from a different point of view that I would not have been able to do if I had remained the same. And likewise. Um, you know, we're such a compliment to each other because we're so opposite. But when we do our marriage workshop, we both appeal to different yeah, personalities yeah, yeah. of people. And the fact that we've been able to work through some of that it gives them hope that they can do that too. What sort yeah, of people do yeah. you appeal to? Oh, the ones that are imaginative and and dreamers and adventurers and not too detailed. <laughs> what's what's the ones you appeal to? Hmm, I think exactly the opposite of that. Those that want stability, and responsibility, responsibility, and want the details Stab- yes. and to keep on the agenda, keep yeah. keep uh, within the parameters we've set. I I look at that and I see that. As an individual, I would appeal to a certain number in the audience, but together mm. we, we get a far, far broader uh, approach and they actually see differences working together. But actually wow. valuing those differences came after that point when we were able to forgive each other for those deep hurts. Yeah, yeah. And I could not have believed the difference that that made. And the intimacy, it's almost like a wall was just torn down between us. And I get those Bible passages that say that it's mandatory, that, you know, bitterness defiles many people. And I get it because mm-hmm. after having mm-hmm. forgive, given, mm-hmm. the freedom that that brought was phenomenal. Well, but if you'd have asked me before we went to Uganda, do you need to forgive anybody, I, I would have said no. Mm. We weren't aware of it until we were confronted with it. But as soon as you said that, I knew in an instant, Mm. yeah, I haven't forgiven you. Mm. And and when we've talked about it, it was as if I kept a little 
pocket of resentments and grievance deep down inside of me, just in case I would need it. I used to say to attack or to, uh, you know, tear down, but I needed it to protect myself. And when I let go of that uh, false protection, it was as if a freedom entered in, a freedom to explore not only my my own inner world but yours as well, mm-hmm. and the the knowing that I've experienced with you uh, in the last couple of decades, you see, it 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 talks to me of going back to Genesis in the early chapters where where they were naked and unashamed. Mm. There's something about the knowing that reduces oh. that element of shame. Uh, and needing yeah. to hide from each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Th- thank well, you for allowing that's, us that's, to explore that, Bridget. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand so much. I, I'm receiving so much for myself. And I understand how forgiveness plays such a, a powerful, you know, a role in helping us to overcome familiarity uh, in our relationship and assuming that uh you know he understands i can you know just do what i want to i, I want to ask you this like like you said some questions or some issues some problems in a marriage can you know look like it's never going to be resolved and in fact our differences are good uh, because it helps us to complement with each other uh, so i want to ask you this is it a bad thing if we have to keep having conversation about the same problem or the same issue over and over again because you have one conversation you have a little bit of uh, perspective but then as you go through life you again feel like you need to revisit that same issue or you need to bring that out again and have another conversation about it again uh, so sometimes me and my wife we we uh, we wonder whether we are going in circles because we having so many times we having the same conversations about the same issues again and again so is that a bad thing or how can we uh, actually grow with each conversation that we have about the same uh, topic or the same issue how can we grow uh, each time how can we forgive more understand each other more every time we have that conversation oh what a great question <laughs> It's a man question, isn't it? <laughs> well, Bridgie actually thinks if he has one conversation that it'll be finished, finalised. <laughs> That's a man question, Bridgie. <laughs> but, but often for us and, and my observation of other couples is if we keep coming back to the same thing and wanting to talk mm-hmm. about it, then, then we don't feel heard. Mm-hmm. We just keep going around in circles and... And we've had mm. to find some mm. creative ways of being heard. See, those issues mm. maybe can't be resolved, but we can know mm. each other at a deeper level. And I can, I mean, we had a conversation the other night and it was something that you did to me, but I ended up understanding you at a much deeper level and having mm. such um, empathy uh, for you when you expressed the need underneath what, what had happened. And so the way that we've found that works for us is a bit of um, a parroting technique, isn't it? Do you want to explain what that is? When we get stuck, we use this, this method. 
well, how about we just do a little short conversation and that would be the better way of explaining it, do you think? Yeah, yeah. Is that okay, Pritchie? Great. Yeah. Yeah. So let me be the one that's talking and you be the one that's listening. So I would come to you and I'd say, Paul, is this a good time to talk? And I'd say, yes, I love doing this in front of thousands of people. <laughs> and, and then I'd, I'd ask you, what's on your mind? Yeah, and before we would get into the conversation, I would then say to you, yeah, I'd prefer it if we could just have a prayer and uh, I need God's presence in this conversation. And so we would pray uh, and we would begin the conversation. And the incident you were referring to the other night was, uh, and, and we'll just use it to demonstrate. So I would start off by saying, uh, you know, when we were taking our granddaughter back to her parents in the, in the car, we'd been mining her for the day and I felt wasted. So when we were taking our granddaughter back in the car to her parents um, after we'd been mining her for the day and night, you just felt wasted or tired is another word for that. Is that right? That's right. Is there more to that? Mm. We got to their place and because the baby comes with a lot of equipment, I started to unload the car, but you and my son-in-law were standing in the doorway of their place. So when we got to their house, um, a baby takes a lot of equipment and you were unloading the car, but my son-in-law and I were standing in the door of the house. Is that right? Yep. Is there more to that? So I had in my hands, both hands were full uh, of luggage and what needed to be taken into the house, and the two of you did not notice me. So... I uh, let you know that I was there and that I needed the door open and I did it in a very unpleasant way. Um, So you started unloading and your hands were full and you started to walk into the house but I forget what you said but I think it was we didn't move and so you let us know in a quite an unpleasant way, is that right? You didn't move but you didn't notice me either. Oh, we didn't that, notice you. What yeah. I'd been doing yeah. and so you were just enjoying the conversation. So we were just enjoying the conversation and not noticing you, is that right? Correct. Is, is there any more to that? Yeah, I, I just said door in, in a, a, a very unpleasant way and so... You, the two of you moved very quickly and got out of the way of the door and I was able to unload. So um, you just said door uh, very, I think you said quickly, was it? Unpleasant. Unpleasantly. You um, knew that I was annoyed and irritated. So I knew you were annoyed and angry, irritated angry. and angry. Mm. Is that right? Yep. Is there any more to that? Yeah, I I then uh, just uh, went down the road and parked the car and came back and I knew that uh, there was something going on inside of me that I wasn't letting you know. You were only getting the surface of what I was saying. So as you went down and parked the car, you began to um, realise that um, what you had said, that I was only getting the surface of that, it was... Yeah, I got that right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there any more to that? There is a lot more, but I think that probably just demonstrates uh, Mm. what we were talking Mm. about. 
and that at the end of the conversation you would probably say to me some things about my feelings. Yeah, I would validate uh, because in that actual conversation you went in to say, as we talked about it, that, that you felt exposed and my response was not nice back to you. True. And, and you let me know that uh, that hurt you. Mm. And I had not realised that. Mm. And so <clears throat> if I had the chance after I'd listened to you to speak in that same technique, I would be able to tell you my side of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think what we do there, knowing that you're just listening and you're not formulating a response or uh, working out your defence or anything like that, mm. you're just listening to me, uh, gives me a lot of freedom to explore what was going on for me uh, without threat. And, and so I'm able to not only tell you about the facts of what was going on, but share with you where that was coming from in me. Mm. And it was actually had a long tail on it, that one. And you had the freedom to do that because I wasn't interpreting what you were saying. And, I mean, I do listening for a job. And so I can take it in another direction normally. But that just helps me to not think of what I'm going to say but actually hear what you are saying. Mm. And a lot of times in our relationship when we kept going back on the same subject matter, and we've done that on a number of things, uh, we began to recognise that what was going on in those conversations was above and Mm. we started to explore what was beneath them. Mm. Mm. So Mm. is that helpful, Preeti? Very much, very much. So what you did was to give each other that that listening ear and uh, you just help the other person to express uh, their feelings, what they were going through at that particular point and just validate uh, those feelings and those expressions. And then, uh, you know, without having to be constantly thinking of how I'm going to respond back or how I'm going to uh, correct or how I'm going to defend or how I'm going to be, uh, you know, uh, do, you know, putting across my point, you know, you, you gave each other that space to just listen uh, and, and to validate that feelings. And, and that's, that's definitely uh, the first step towards uh, breaking a deadlock in a conversation when, when we go uh, in circles and we reach that place where we are in that deadlock, you know, it really helps to take some time to let the other person speak and give that person the the time and the space to talk and share. Uh, I, I'd like to know, how does it come uh, so easy for the both of you to be expressive of your feelings? Because, uh, you know, sometimes when we talk, it, it can be just about the facts. Okay, you didn't open the door for me, you know, I, I needed you to. But then we uh, sometimes are not op- open or ready to go beyond just the facts where we talk about what we feel. And uh, and it is in, you know, what we felt at that point, which is more important than the fact that, you know, you didn't open the or you didn't, you know, keep the door open for me. And uh, so... Uh, so how how does it come uh, natural for the both of you to express how you felt and talk about your feelings in your communication with each other? Because, you know, we've seen so many times where uh, we'll 
just get stuck with facts and uh, sometimes even a therapist is required to bring out the feelings you know and so h- how can we help our spouse or uh, each other to actually bring out what they feel uh, about a particular situation the way that you just ed- exemplified for us in your conversation i believe the thing that's helped us the most is the metaphor of the volcano do you want to just explain what that is uh, particularly for me priji because it was so logical and I, i needed a reasoning way to get to my feelings i had to think my feelings in a sense and like in a volcano you see stuff coming out of the lava coming out of the top well that's that's mm. the where the the door conversation financial conversations any sort of conversation comes out of the top and what i recognized is they were the things you could see but underneath the power of the volcano those are the mm. things that were really driving it that's where the power was yeah. perhaps the best way mm. to illustrate that was uh when my son was in his teenage years we had a problematic relationship and there was a lot of anger and i would deal with mm. his anger by saying go to your room get out of mm. here go to your room and mm. and it wasn't helping and it wasn't resolving anything and it wasn't pr- processing anything and mm. one day after i'd learned about the volcano i recognized when he came into my presence angry that underneath the anger there was something else a deeper feeling mm. a deeper emotion and so i said to him someone's hurt you haven't they you should have mm. seen the look on his face it, it was as if a light had gone on and he looked at mm. me and said yeah yeah dad they have and then we had a conversation like we hadn't had mm. for many many years because we wow. began to talk about the feelings the powerful ones that were underneath the actions and so right. i we've actually got a, a picture of a volcano on our fridge to remind us that when things happen above the line where they mm. look like lava underneath is what we really need to talk about because then we're mm. sharing who we really are and what's really going mm. on for us Does that make sense? Very much, very much. So so can you give us a couple of examples of of things that we see on the surface and what could be the underlying emotions uh behind, you know, just just for us to get a bit of perspective. We're, oh, we're, 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 <laughs> we're laughing pretty. <laughs> There's a lot of the well, luggage. Yeah, well, the the ones that are common for us is that I handle uh stressful situations by wanting to talk it through so i'm like a mm. banger i'm knocking on the door you handle mm. stressful situations by wanting to withdraw mm. and close the door mm. because i'm banging mm. <laughs> and close mm. the door and put your foot up against the door and so mm. we're we're at loggerhead straight away because mm. i'm pursuing mm. he's distancing um in mm. order to protect the relationship in a in a lot of ways because if he really said mm. at that point what he wanted to say it would just escalate so so mm. things like that so mine would be expressed in um i can get quite critical i could mm. um so i can get contemptuous up the top of the volcano what about for mm. you 
uh, my my ones are usually resent resentment and anger. But I think what Pridgey was asking, what are some examples? But but your resentment and anger is very internal. Mm. I I know that that's there. But I, I wouldn't see it. I'd just see your withdrawal. Well, I'm a Christian. I've got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> it's underneath, though. You know it's there. Well, if we take the example of the door, you know, the, the, ah, the yeah. door that we were just talking about and mm. you, had, you wanted to get through the door, um, the next morning I wanted to talk about it. But you were still in your withdrawn mode. Yep. And because of my response, you were quite resentful. About, it switched from being about you to then being about me for you. I felt hurt. Yeah. yeah. But that was down the bottom of the yeah. volcano. Yeah. But how did you express it up the top? What would I have seen? Oh, I, I waited until there was something that I felt that you'd done uh, <laughs> wrong and so I brought it to your attention. You forgot, to, I said you forgot to clean the griller from the night before and you left it mm. for me. And I responded so sweetly, <laughs> not. <laughs> so, so then this is what's happening up the top and this is our destructive cycle. You know, it can be right. finance, it can be a situation like that, it can be sexuality. It we'll be on, just being respond on time, in that way. It, it can be just the mundane things of life. And so we have mm. to catch ourselves mm. and then once the emotions have gone down up the top there to come back on it and we have a commitment to come back on it. Mm. And, and, uh, and so I said to you, you know, I was really hurt about your response and it it triggered for me our past history and some some the way that we used to deal with things in the past and the blaming that I would experience from you and so I was able to tell you that mm. and and what was happening for you actually when you told me I was incredibly sad and disappointed mm. because uh, I think I cried uh, yeah and because it was like I'd reverted to form and the things that I'd accused you of, they were totally unbased. Mm. Talk about make assumptions. Mm. I just made assumption after assumption and they were all wrong. Mm. And so what I'd done is I'd lost sight of who you really are, mm. who I know you to be. But you, mm. you, you felt hurt by my response, but you, you also then went into your shame, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. What was your shame about? Well, I, my mother is elderly and uh, I watch her struggling with dealing with being aged and, and losing uh, things that she took for granted, like just her independence and the abil ability to do things that she can no longer do and all of those things. And, and I see her frustration. And part of the pattern in our family has been if I... If we feel pain, we pay it out. Mm. And mm. so I recognised that I'd felt tired and wasted that night and, and I, was, I was in a, a, a low place and so I felt the pain and I paid it out and you mm. were the one I paid it out on. And I was just disappointed with myself mm. because I'd sat in the church service that morning and the, the preacher, all I heard was, um, it's out of the heart 
comes mm. comes the uh, product of life. It's not what we put on on the outside that counts. It's what's on the mm. inside. And I recognised in what happened with you, there was something wrong in my heart. Mm. And, and mm. I, I was yeah, sad and disappointed about that. So we began to have a conversation about those things. And that was mm. very healing for us in that wound that mm. had happened the night before. So that's, wow. that's wow. how the volcano works for us. And in, instantly when we get into a, a difficulty up the top of the volcano or something happens, um, once the emotionality goes down, sometimes it takes, you know, up to 30 minutes, we'll start yeah. to think what's going on for me below the line. I need to right. have a conversation about that. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, you know, I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving us this time. Uh, but one last question before we conclude. And if you could also take a moment to just pray with our listeners, uh, you know, uh, and just speak uh, God's heart, uh, you know, upon them. Uh, how how important is it for us to, like, depend on on the Lord uh, and to and to grow in our relationship with God? so that we can grow in our relationship with each other. Uh, how important is it for us to go back to God and ask for help or solutions or even uh, any blind spots or any blind areas that we are not able to see, asking God to reveal those things, you know, throw his light upon those areas. Uh, how important is, is that? Uh, has it been for the both of you? And, and as you share, if you could just also take a moment to just pray for us and and bless us, yeah. It's interesting how in in uh, recent years, maybe the last decade, our, our ministry has moved more to um, healing mm. some of those past wounds because um, that's what happened in that conversation as we got below the line of the volcano. They were connected to some past woundings for both of us, both in our relationship and further back into our family of origin. Only God can put his finger on those and only God can heal those things. Yeah. And, and he's used us as an instrument in each other's lives to facilitate that healing. But the healing of those things is him alone. True. Yeah, I I think that's a wonderful way to express that. You have been his greatest instrument of transformation for me. For me, the turn toward you uh, is is one of the most difficult things when there's a conflict or there's a, a disagreement between us. Um, I I just have always struggled with that turn to movement. Does that translate to God as well? Yeah, it does. Uh, and it's interesting that the definition of repentance is um, to turn to God from sin, mm. not to turn from mm. sin to God, mm. but to go mm. to God first because he gives us the power to move. Right. Or he gives us the power to take our sins and place them before him and ask his forgiveness. And in actual fact, mm. when we turn to him, we get his perspective on our sin because sometimes yeah. ours can be a bit warped and we might be a bit kind mm. to ourselves sometimes. And so uh, for me, any movement in, in relationship 
that requires courage. I, I can't do it without him. Mm. I, this, mm. It's a something beyond my ability and I need his, his empowering and his journeying with me. And the lovely mm. thing I've discovered is as I've explored intimacy with you, uh, it opens up intimacy with him. Mm. And as I explore yeah. intimacy with him, it opens mm. up intimacy with you. And, and so wow. it's not a linear thing anymore. It's, it's, a, it's mm. a lovely mixture of, of all of us in together exploring what it is to, to truly know. Um, I, I love it in Ephesians that um, it says in the first chapter there that I pray that you might have the spirit of wisdom and revelation that ye may know mm. God. So yeah. there's something beyond knowing uh, mm. that only God can supply uh, in, in order to explore this relationship and our relationship with him. Mm. Can we pray? Yes. Absolutely. So, Father, I just want to thank you for this lovely opportunity to be able to speak together and share what you've taught us over many years of our marriage and, and mm. to share it with our uh, lovely friends in India. I pray, Holy Spirit, yes. that you'll take our words. Uh, you are just amazing at how you can take a, a little comment that's made or something that's been an important point and just use yeah. it in, in different ways and in different lives. And I pray, mm. Father, that the Spirit of God will use this conversation to encourage mm. and to help relationships grow. We love what mm. we see uh, Prigi and his wife doing and we just ask that you would give them a rich blessing uh, mm. We thank you again for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow. I'm, I'm so blessed and uh, thank you so much, uh, Barry. Thank you so much, Paula, for taking out your time. I'd love to know how, how can our listeners continue to stay in touch and get to know uh, what God is uh, teaching and releasing through you? Uh, could you give us the links that they can log on to to read or to even listen to some of the conversations that you've been putting up we have a lot of resources on our website and our website is connecting matters all one word <laughs> connecting matters.com.au Oh, okay. had a blank there for a minute. We'll send you a link. And, and also our email is connectingmatters at gmail.com. So it's all one perfect, word. Perfect. Yeah, we will we'll share it in the, in, in the transcript of this conversation. So those who want to connect and those who want uh, to hear more of these conversations can definitely reach out and, and receive from the same and uh, I can't wait to have the both of you back in India in the Lord's time. We really enjoyed the last time, uh, the last few times you came. And uh, uh, we are really looking forward to having you guys again here in India in the Lord's time at the right time. Thank you, Preachy. Yes. Thank you for tuning in to today's Marriage Talk podcast. Hope it was a blessing to you. Do subscribe for more resources at pastorpreacher.com slash podcast.